Welcome, everybody. Good morning. It is the morning devotion here at Christ Life Ministries, and I want to share a word with you. Now, last week, Friday, we spoke about speaking life. We spoke about, you know, the word which is rooted and implanted in your heart contains the power to save your soul. So be quick to listen and slow to speak. And uh, in that way, you can get rid of all uh, wickedness. And uh, we went to James chapter 3. And in James chapter 3, it said, uh, uh, if you can control your tongue, you are in control of your whole body. Um, so just a quick recap of that. So Romans chapter 5, 17 says, those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness will reign as kings in life. Now the word of righteousness says, don't say who shall go into the heavens, um, who shall go down into the abyss. Um, but what does it say? It says the word is near you in your heart and on your mouth, the word of faith that we preach. So we need to be speaking the word of faith and the word of truth, the word of uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word of life. All right, so uh, I want to go to Mark chapter 11. Now in Mark chapter 11, uh, we see we see some teaching <laughs> that Jesus taught the disciples on faith and on saying something and on on, on uh, you know just getting some results. All right, so uh, I want to pick it up here in verse eleven because there's a little bit of a pretext to this. Okay. Uh, Mark 11, verse 11. And Jesus went into Jerusalem and entered the temple enclosure. And when he had looked around, surveying and observing everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany together with the twelve. Uh, one day, follow, on the day following, when they had come away from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree covered with leaves, he went to see if he could find any fruit on it. For in the fig tree, the fruit appears at the same time as the leaves. But when he came up to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the fig season had not yet come. All right, so the leaves appeared, but the figs were not there. So there's the appearance of fruit, but there's no fruit. And he said to it, no one ever again shall eat fruit from you. And his disciples were listening to what he said. So he said something. It was of prophetic significance, speaking of the fig tree, speaking of this uh, tree of knowledge of good and evil that had to dry up. He, he spoke about the uh, whole system of the Pharisees and the Sadducees that had to dry out to the root. So he says, no one will ever fruit, eat fruit from you again. And they came to Jerusalem, verse 15. And he went into the temple area, porches and courts, and, and began, began to drive out those who sold and bought in the temple area. And he overturned the four-footed tables of the money changers and the seats of those who dealt in doves. So now he comes and he cleanses the temple of God of the very thing that he cursed the, the, the tree for. Okay, verse 16. And he would not permit anyone to carry any household equipment through the temple enclosure, thus making the temple area a shortcut traffic lane. And he taught and said to them, 
Is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have turned it into a den of robbers? And the chief priests and the scribes heard of this and kept seeking some way to destroy him, for they feared him, because the entire multitude was, was struck with astonishment at his teaching. And when evening came, he and his disciples, as a custom, went out of the city. In the morning, when they were passing along, they noticed that the fig tree was withered completely away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Master, look, the fig tree which you doomed has withered away. And Jesus replying said to him, Have faith in God. Brackets amplified constantly. Have faith in God. So now suddenly he got the disciples' attention because they saw, hey man, <laughs> he cursed the fig tree. So they might have, must have thought maybe Jesus isn't in a very good mood today or something. But it was intentional on this thing, okay, because it was of significance. And now later they see, hey, but this thing is withered away. So what, what did Jesus do? He spoke and it happened immediately. Okay, when they passed by there again, the fig tree was withered and, and, and was gone. It was just a dead tree. So what was Jesus' response? Have faith in God. Truly I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. Okay, whoever says to this mountain, and does not doubt, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. So what are we saying and what's happening in our lives? Okay, so this, uh, there was the story of this woman who heard uh, this message of, you know, you have to confess something and so on. So, so, so she would, uh, in the night, there was a tree in front of her house and she didn't like the tree because the tree took away the sun and the house was cold. And she would stand there in the night and she would say, I curse this tree and it's going to die and tomorrow morning it's going to be dead so that the sun can come through. And um, then the next morning she would open the curtains and the tree would be there and she ah, it's still there just as I thought. Okay, don't be that lady. <laughs> don't be like that. Whoever says and believes and does not doubt will have what he says. It will be done for him. Okay, verse 24. For this reason I'm telling you whatever you ask for in prayer... Believe that it is granted to you and you will get it. Believe that it is granted to you and you will get it. This is really important. I want to read this verse again. For this reason, I'm telling you whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that it is granted to you and you will get it. It didn't say believe that God will change his mind and maybe then grant it to you. No, believe that it is is granted to you so when we know what our inheritance is when we know what the word says it's so it's it's such a great thing because then we can know what to pray for and when we know what to pray for and praying in line with the word of god praying that in line with the desires that the holy spirit places in our hearts through the three spirit so uh, when we when we believe that it is already given 
It's not something that must still come. It's given, but it's in Christ. It's, uh, uh, it's in the secret place. It's, it's stored up for us in Christ, but it's already ours. It's in the unseen, but it's ours. If you pray, believe that it is granted to you, and you will get it. So what does it help? You pray for a new car, but you believe you're not going to get it. What, why then pray? Okay? So when we understand, hey, God wants to really bless us, and he wants to give you a new car. So before you even, before you even pray for it, God knows you need the new car. Okay? So in Matthew chapter 6, he says it. He says, uh, the Gentiles seek for, crave, and diligently seek all these things. That your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. All right? Before you even ask, he knows what you need. But why ask? Because you've got the authority. It's got to come out of your mouth. Okay? So we need to pray on earth. Okay? And if we pray in earth and it agrees with what God's word says, what is in heaven, then what is in heaven can come to earth. So we believe that it is granted to us and we will get it. So uh, the, the, the car will first come to your belief system. It will first come to your ears, says William, <laughs> before it comes to your garage. William Undi, my friend. So uh, it, 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 you'll have to first believe it. You first have to believe it that God has granted me a car. So, man, I believe it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He has granted us a car, and we believe, for, we believe God. We will receive a car. Okay, in Jesus' name. Now we can start speaking. Okay, so, so, so we prayed it. We believe it. We pray it. Now we just speak in accordance with it. So God's going to give us a car. There's no, no, no other way he's going to do it. Okay, God is going to give you a car. So if you then want to go and buy another car, then go buy another car. But God is still going to give you this car. Just because you buy another car doesn't cancel the car that's coming. But what I'm saying is, believe that it is granted to you and you will get it. Don't, don't pray with a limited mindset. God can really come through on his word. Okay. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Leave it. Let it go in order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. But if you don't forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your failings and shortcomings. Okay. So uh, we need to, to understand this. This, and this was before the cross and Jesus paid the price for all everyone's sins and shortcomings. How do we receive the forgiveness that's already given, that's given us? We receive it by believing in the cross of Jesus Christ. Okay. So the forgiveness is a done deal. The forgiveness has been paid for on the cross. Okay. So... But still, when you pray, don't hold a grudge. Why? Because you're in judgment. If you take up judgment in your heart towards someone else, if you judge, then judgment, you attract judgment to come towards you. If you, if you forgive, you attract forgiveness to come to you. Right? So be in agreement with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God forgives everyone, so forgive. So if, you, if you're going to be in disagreement with God on one thing, then uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hinder the, the, the thing that you, that you are asking God for. Okay, so uh, we need to believe. We need to be in harmony with God. We need to be uh, walking in the same direction as God. Okay, so uh, don't walk around with judgment in your heart. It's going to cause you not to believe. It's going to cause you not to receive what's already given. It's going to cause you not to believe that it is already granted. 
All right? So it hinders you from receiving what's already given. All right? So we need to be on the same page. We need to have the mind of Christ, the heart of God, and we need to be speaking the word of God. So he says, whatever you say, believe that it is granted to you and you will get it. All right? So we will have what we say. So it's really important for us. We need to, to speak the word. And when we pray something and we believe that it is granted, let our normal average conversation with one another include the thing that we believe has already been granted to us and, and we will see it manifest. Okay. So we, there shouldn't be this double-mindedness. All right. Uh, James chapter 1 says, uh, if any man is deficient in wisdom, let him ask from the giving God who gives without reproach or fault finding, and, uh, and it shall be given him, but he must pray uh, with faith. Uh, and then he says, for a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let me just get to James chapter 1. Just listen to this. Oh, this is James 2. Okay. Now, if anyone is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching and fault-finding, and it will be given him. Only it was, must be in faith that he asks, with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers and hesitates and doubts is like the bellowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks from the Lord. For being as he is a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. All right, so when you ask something from God, whatever you say, believe that you will have it and you will get it. What you say. Okay. Now he says, it must be in faith that you ask. No wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. So the word doubting is from the word double. It's a double mind. It's a double thought. So you can't ask God for the car and then the next day say, we're not going to get a car. We know we're not going to get a car. Then you just canceled your prayer. Then you might as well not have prayed. Okay, so, but if you've asked, believe that it is granted to you, and then speak. We're not going to be double-minded about this. We're going to get our car, because we ask God, and God said it's already granted. Okay, for the one who wavers is like the billowing surge at sea, blown hither and thither, or thither. Uh, for truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything. All right, so don't be double-minded. Don't be this way, that way. Don't, don't speak in this way, and then speak in, in that way. Okay, decide what you want. Okay, this is what we want. Is this part of what God has given to us? What does the word say? Is this what God has given to us? If it is, yes, okay, great. It's part of our inheritance. Now we ask, Lord Jesus, we ask. Father, we ask in Jesus' name. We ask for this thing, whatever it is. We ask for maybe, uh, maybe you need a wife or maybe you need a husband. Not a husband needing a husband. A husband needing a wife and a wife needing a husband. It needs to be in alignment with the word of God. Okay? So, so we say, oh, Father, uh, this is what we need. Okay? I believe. I don't doubt in my heart. So what do I get? I get the result of what the word says I'm going to get. Okay? But if I'm going to speak against it, 
I'm not going to get the result of what I'm going to get or of, of what I asked for. Right. Ask for a car. Don't now go speak against the car. Ask for this thing. Don't go speak about something totally the opposite. Okay. All right. So Jesus said, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give to you? Okay, and the other account of it says, give you the Holy Spirit, right? So in the Holy Spirit, he has given us all things. Okay, but you are, are evil. If you know how to give good gifts to your children, don't you think your Heavenly Father can give you the thing that you ask for? Okay, so no doubting, no double mind according to that thing. So he says, if your son asks you for a bread, will you give him a stone? If your son asks you for a fish, will you give him a snake? If you ask, you know, you will give good gifts to your children. So don't you think if you ask your, your father a car, he will give you a good car, not one that's falling apart and rusting and, you know, it's the doors falling off and, you know, the engine doesn't start and the exhaust is, you know, dragging on the ground and the tires are bald. It's not what God wants for you. God wants good stuff for his children. So if you who, who have a heart for your children and you want to bless your children, Man, don't you think that God wants to uh, bless you also and give you good gifts? So if you understand who God is and you understand the love that he has for you, if you understand the sacrifices that Jesus brought in his love for you so that you can receive these things, and you know it's God's heart to bless you, God's heart to give you something, then we better get our tongues in check and we better start speaking according to the will of God, okay? Just think of the, the good father, the prodigal son, okay? So here's this father, his son comes to him. It's, it's actually kind of a bit of a slap in the face. You know, his son's come, son come to him and ask him for his inheritance before the father is even dead, okay? He asks him for, for he, the part that falls to him. The father divides everything, gives it to both sons, Okay, so the one still doesn't know who he is and he work, keeps working like a slave, slave and he doesn't understand that it's his and that's the older son and that's his problem. The other son, the younger son, takes his stuff and he goes to a far country. And he messes it up completely. All right? He's completely, what a, it's just a mess. All right? So he ends up, you know, with the pigs and he... he you know, he's dirty and he's hungry and there's famine in the land. And so he comes, he gets to himself, comes to himself and he thinks, man, my servants in my, the servants in my father's house have food to spare. And here I am, you know, in the, in the dung heap in, between the pigs. <laughs> here I am. So I'll go back to my father and I'll say, I've sinned against God and I've sinned against you. So uh, make me a servant. You know, I, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Okay, so he, he repented, he came back to his father, but the father saw him afar off. And as he saw him afar off, okay, the father ran to him in mercy. And he, he grabbed him and he kissed him. And as he started to recite his little plan, okay, so you know, make me a servant and, you know, and, and uh, hey, the father just said to the servants, bring the ring. Bring him a ring. Bring him shoes for his feet. Bring him the best robe. And that wheat fat and calf, go and kill it. 
I want you to see something of the heart of the father towards his son. Now that son messed up. That son missed it. That son, man. But he started speaking just almost in the right direction. And he, started, and he came back to his father. And because he came back to his father, the father, even if the speech isn't quite perfect, the father lavished him with his love and, and with blessings. But if he stayed there in the, in the foreign country and thinking, oh, my father is going to be so angry with me, I can't return to my father, I'm just going to perish here. Then he would have perished there. But he said to himself, man, I, the servants in my father's house have much to spare. Let's go back. Okay. So the father knows the truth. It's not like the father is now going to make you a servant because you said to make you a servant. He's always going to remind you of himself. So the, the father is still greater than your wrong confession, greater than your limited revelation of who you are. The father is still greater than that. But just see this, that the son came back and he said to his father, I've sent before you, and I'm, I'm coming back. Just make me a servant. Father said, hey, I'm going to restore to you who you really are. I have something for you, and an inheritance for you. Even though you squandered it, that's okay. But you, can, you, can't, you can't outsquander the goodness of God. Okay? So it wasn't too late for him. He came back, and he repented and said, man, I'm going to restore you to full son. Okay, you're not going to be in, in wanting. You're not going to lack, even though you missed it. All right. So, uh, James chapter 3 says, you know, uh, we all often stumble and fall. But if anyone does not offend in speech, he's a perfect man, lacking nothing, able to control his whole body. Then he uses the example of the horse's bits in their mouths. You know, the small uh, bit in the mouth of the horse and you can turn the whole big horse around, you know? And the rudder on a ship, it's a small rudder, but it turns the big ship around, okay? So now it's the same thing uh, with our tongue. It's a small member, but it depraves the whole body, okay? It's, it's a small spark that, hits, that, that, that sets ablaze a whole forest, all right? So the words that we speak... The words that we speak are so important. It's so powerful. So now, if we come to God, even though our words are not yet perfect, there's an inheritance waiting for us. But now God says, hey man, just let the Holy Spirit speak in you, speak to you, speak through you. Just take the word and put it on your tongue and speak it. Just get the word in your ears, in your heart, in your mouth, and start speaking that. And see how your inheritance comes through. Okay? I want you to, in today's message, just recognize something. God wants you blessed. Okay? If you believe that you will get what you say, you will get it. If your father, who is so good, uh, if you who are evil can give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, who is good, give you everything? That you ask. And if you ask and don't doubt, you will get it. 
All right. So I hope this message blesses you. So there's grace in this whole thing. Even if your words are not perfect, you will see something happen. You will see some restoration. You will see some of your inheritance coming through. But man, imagine this. If we can, if we can get our tongues under the control of the Holy Ghost and we just say what God says and we don't defend in speech, imagine we can be manifested perfect sons able to control and rule and reign over our whole bodies through the grace and the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so there's one last verse, you know, just because we've been talking about receiving from God, you know, and God wants to bless us. I just want to end with this verse. Romans chapter 8 verse 32 says, He who did not withhold or spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also with him freely and graciously? Give us all other things. So if you ask something from God, there's a verse that you can know, that you can confess, that you can really keep in your heart to know that he wants me to have this. Will he not with him give me all other things? So if it's something that you need, ask God. He will give it to you. He already gave you his most precious son. He already gave you everything. He already gave you his best. Why will he withhold a car from you? Why will he withhold clothes or food? Why will he withhold a house or a building? What will he withhold from you? Okay, he already gave you his son. So may you be blessed. May you receive the stuff that's already given to you, that's laid up in that storeroom in Christ. And may your faith be strong. May you believe and receive in Jesus' name. All right, be blessed. Thank you for watching. We'll see you again at, at the next uh, devotion. Uh, I think it's tomorrow morning at 9. I'm not sure when they're going to uh, restream this one. If it's on a Friday, <laughs> we'll see you on Sunday. If it's on any other week, they will see you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Be blessed. Have an awesome day. Amen.